Hello, and welcome to the 9K Experience. I'm your host, John Jowers. The 9K Experience is brought to you by DeVega CBD Relief. Founded in 2018 by Scott Van and Chris Bentler, these two guys have created an amazing company, and they really care about people. Go check them out at DeVegaCBD.com for all your CBD needs. Okay, we're going to try this again. I've been trying to get this episode done for the past three hours, and everything you can imagine that can go wrong has gone wrong. So this episode is going to be a little different again. I want to talk about some mental health stuff, and in order to do that, I've got to kind of share my story. So where this all came from is this past Sunday, I have to take Sonny, my service dog, back to... Um, somebody that's taking her to Louisiana so she can go get some more training and I'll be without her a month and a half. So as I'm doing this, I, a lot of emotions are coming up um, with me, uh, a lot of feelings, and, and I start just reliving things um, that I've been through emotionally, physically, mentally without her. and I And I was just thinking... If she would have been there during those times, how different things could have been, right? And that kind of got me thinking about a issue, um, and it's been a while, but um, I was at a very, very low point, at a very dark point. I was fighting some demons. I, I wasn't doing too good fighting them. Um, and for some reason... I made this social media post and I forgot that the platform I was using is connected to Facebook. So it went to Facebook and everybody saw it, right? And it was a post, it was more like just self-degradation uh, um, and um, just me being really hard and down on myself. And I, I before I get too further much into this, I do have to say that I had two friends one is a veteran in the veteran organization that I'm in. The other one is not a veteran, but he is a part of this organization too. Um, they did reach out to me to tr to try to help. I I just wasn't hearing it at the at the time. Um, as you can tell, I mean, I'm here talking to you, so I I didn't commit suicide, but I was extremely close that night, and. Another thing, I don't know, I'm not only a member of this veteran organization, I've said it before, I also work for this organization. That's my career, that's what I do. So, um, there's some leaders in this veteran organization that saw my, my Facebook post, even though it was only up for like an hour, and they were taking screenshots of it, and they were sending it to my boss, and they were calling my boss and saying that I should be fired. So... This organization that says they no one does more for vets, right? No one does more for veterans is one of their mottos, one of the logos of the, of the organization I'm still a part of. But we have some leaders in here that I just can't wrap my head around what they think because you have a veteran that's at one of the lowest points in their life that's thinking about committing suicide and they're trying to get them fired. Um, I had one reach directly out to me, a leader in, in the organization, asking me what the hell I think I was doing making this post and just being very judgmental, very critical, um, just coming after me 
And even when I said, honestly, what was I thinking in that moment when I'm fighting demons and I wanted to kill myself? I just thought I was going to be another um, st statistic for veteran suicide. And then it was radio silence from this person. Didn't ask how I was doing. Didn't ask if I was okay. Nothing, just nothing after that. So you have an organization who says that no one does more for veterans than they do. But yet the leaders, leadership in this organization are trying to get some, a veteran that is thinking about killing themselves, fired from their job, attacking them, asking them what they think they're doing and things like this. And I kind of blew it off for the longest time and, and didn't think anything of it. Well, there, there's another leader in the organization that is also the um, spokesperson for the service dog organization where I ended up getting my service dog from. And this veteran reached out to the founder and the ones who run the service dog organization and told them I don't need a service dog because of this Facebook post. So it, I kind of blew that off too. Well, this Sunday when I, it's just me and Sonny and I'm talking to her and we're driving back to, um, so I can drop her off so she can go finish her training. I kind of came to this realization where it's like, no, don't blow it off. Fuck these people, right? You have somebody that is thinking about committing suicide, a veteran thinking about com committing suicide, and you're going to say they don't need a service dog. I kind of understand it. $50,000, $60,000 from the time these service dogs are, are born and all the training, the food, all the equipment, all the gear, um, the veterinarian bills and things like that, fifty dollars to $60,000, and they give these dogs to a veteran. So for Sony, there's nothing out of my pocket, right? Like, to, to get her. Now, I still have to uh, take care of, like, veterinarian cost and food and and getting her groomed and, and just different things like that. Like, yes, I, I have to pay for that, but I'm talking about the upfront cost that there's nothing out of my pocket or these other veterans' pockets. So they have to make sure that the the dogs are taken care of, and, and I get that. But at the same time, part of her job is is to interrupt intrusive, intrusive thoughts and behavior. So what she'll do is, like, if I'm tapping my leg or my anxiety is getting real high, stuff like that, she can, she'll come and nudge me and, and kind of put, bring my focus to her. And it, and it pulls you out of these intrusive thoughts. Well, if she would have been with me that day, if I would have had her that day, I probably wouldn't have got to that point where I was thinking about suicide because she would have pulled me out of that line of thinking well before then. So you have to kind of look at it and go, why would anybody say that a veteran thinking about suicide or fighting these demons doesn't need a service dog? These are the ones that should be at the front of the line for them. I mean, honestly, like this, I have not sent, I only had, I've only had Sonny with me for like a month and a half, but I haven't had had those thoughts I haven't gone that deep yes my anxiety's gotten bad and she's come and she's did what she's supposed to do brought my focus to her my focus went to her and and I calmed down so 
why do you have people, leadership, saying you don't deserve a service dog or you should be fired or what the hell were you thinking? And I, and I started thinking about it. I don't think it was anything about the fact that I was thinking about suicide. I think it uh, was more about I made a Facebook post putting that out there that my mental illness was bad at that moment. And I, I put it out there and I let other people see that. And, and I think that was an issue for him because whether I like it or not, I am in a form of a leadership position in this organization and now you have somebody in, in a leadership position saying they have mental illness and they're talking about it and, and, and I think that's the, the stigma that we have to get get away from because you don't want to hear the CEO talking about mental illness you don't want to hear the CFO talking about mental illness you don't want to hear the president of the company talking about mental illness as a board member or as a leader in that company or that organization. However, the normal people, which I do consider myself to be like a normal person or a normal member of this organization, we want to hear that. We want our leadership to be open with us and let us know, hey, it's okay that you have these thoughts and you are fighting these demons, but you're not doing it alone. And you're not the only one going through this. We all are. Why don't you want the people that you're supposed to be leading or normal members or normal employees to know this stuff? Why is there a stigma around the fact that anybody, regardless of race, creed, color, whatever you want to say, anybody or statue in life can have mental illness and it's not anything to be ashamed of i had thought we had moved so far past the stigmatism of ptsd and mental illness and all this stuff but we haven't as a society it's still something we want to kind of shove in a closet and not let anybody know about just like all these social media influences influencers you see out there they're going through just as much shit as we are just on another level However, nobody talks about that. And I can't sit here and, for example, I'm going to sit here and talk about later how much CBDs help me. But I can't sit here and talk about all the benefits and the greatness of CBD and just kind of sugarcoat how I know this. I know it because I've been through it. I use it, and it's got me out of the depression, out of the anxiety, out of those thoughts. It's actually truly helped me better my mental health and, and that's something that we've got to talk about that we've got to get out there so I, I'm a season ticket holder for the Texas Stars hockey team it's the um, affiliate team for the Dallas Stars right so this past weekend excuse me this past weekend was opening weekend for um for the Texas Stars and um I saw this guy walking around, and, and my buddy was there too. So I, I see this guy walking around, and he's got a shirt on, and it says, it's a black shirt and white letters that says mental health. Well, part of the mental was crossed out, so it just said men health. And, and I look at my buddy, and I was like, dude, that's so true. Like, 
men, we don't talk about our mental health because of the way we, we were raised, the way we came up. Like, you don't talk about your feelings. You, you don't discuss your emotions. You don't cry. If you do any of that, you're considered to be a weak man, and you're not tough, and you're not strong, and and it's all bullshit, man. Seriously. Like, I don't care who you are. If you have mental health issues, you need to talk about them with people. Don't fucking end up like me trying to figure out how you're going to kill yourself and still be able to have your wife use the vehicle so she can get the kid to school, right? Yeah, that's what went through my mind that night. I, I mean, it, it's fucking crazy. And look, I'm not telling you, yes, everyday life gets to me, it, just like it gets to everybody. But it, it, it's also been decades of physical pain. I mean, days I can't walk. And just mental pain and just decades and and years and years and years of this stuff that, that led up to this. So I don't want y'all to think it was like a, a, oh, he had a rough day. And no, I mean, I, I've been fighting demons for almost 15 years now. And actually longer, you go back to my childhood and, and shit that, that I've kind of come across and, and stuff like that. But... Um, that's been brought up more recently that I'm working through. So, we, we've got to talk about mental Ill illness if you're a man, a woman, if you're a veteran, if you're not a veteran. Because trust me, I, I get it. Non-veteran civilians can have PTSD too. It, it's not only for veterans. It's post-traumatic stress syndrome. It's a traumatic event that's happened to you in your life, and that doesn't just happen to veterans. It happens to everybody regardless of your status in life. So we've got to be able to talk about this, and we've got to be open about it, and we have to be honest because if we're not, we're sugarcoating it. We're not going to get the help we need. And I have a voice that I'm using this platform to get out. And like I said, I can't be a hypocrite and sit here and tell you, yes, yeah, CBD works amazing I've, I've done episodes talking about the the benefits of cbd but i know these benefits on a personal level because they work it works for me i've seen it work for my buddies going through similar issues that i'm going through so i know it works and i can testify i have i've got testimonials out there I'm willing to be in a lawsuit to keep Delta 8 and Delta 9 legal in the state of Texas. There's just so much. I'm so passionate and, and such an advocate for CBD and Delta 8 and Delta 9 because I truly know what it does, and it has truly saved my life. It is one of the things that is why I'm sitting here today. Uh, my service dog, even though Sonny's only been around, me and her have been together for like a month and a half. She's the reason I'm, I'm sitting here. Therapy. I go to, uh, right now, on Mondays, I have mindfulness for PTSD. On Fridays, I have mindfulness for anger management. Wednesdays, I'm going to start a general mindfulness um, group uh, therapy class. So I, I'm doing therapy multiple times a week. I'm using CBD. I'm off all these meds that are causing short-term memory loss, long-term memory loss, early early onset dementia, all this bullshit that they're causing. But it's not just one thing. CBD is a wonderful product. It is a wonderful natural product. 
but when you're dealing with PTSD and mental illness and things like that, you need more than just one tool. CBD, Delta 8 and Delta 9 are a tool I have. The therapy I use is a tool. I'm learning more tools than that. Sony, my service dog, is a tool for me. This is an outlet for me to be able to talk about this. And, and if my voice, if my story just helped one person to reach out to somebody for help in that time when they're at their lowest, when they're fighting demons by themselves, then it's worth it to me. I, I'll spend 20 hours sitting in here nonstop doing this if I knew it, it could help somebody the, the way that I, I've kind of seen it help me. So that that's my big thing in, in this episode, whatever you want to call this one. I, I don't even know what we're going to call this one, but it, it's mental health. Take care of your mental health. It is so fucking important. And it's something, probably one of the most under-focused um, parts of, of our health. Like, you'll see people in the gym every day. Like, I, I was a personal trainer, and, and I was working out two, three times a day for hours at a time. And I was the most miserable person you ever see. I had the best shape of my life, most miserable person. My mental health was shit. But yet, I was training clients for personal training, and I was putting a smile on my face, and I was faking it all left and right. And, it, man, and I just didn't want to live. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to do anything. I I wasn't happy. And But my, my physical health was great. My mental health was shit. So that's so under-focused. Uh, our mental health is something that we don't focus on enough and in order to be a happy person in order to be an actual true healthy person it's more than just physical health we've got to focus on our mental health too and like i said it, there's nothing that's a one cure i know ptsd is never going to be cured it's something that can't be cured all i can do is i can learn to focus um uh, on other things, I can learn how to cope with it. I can learn how to um, distract myself from that. And that's what Sunny, as my service dog does, she helps me, she pulls me out of those intrusive thoughts and things like that. So I, it's just, I think it's so asinine that you have leaders in, in an organization that's supposed to help vets that when they see a vet struggling, the first thing they want to do is tear them down. They want to get rid of them. They, they, they don't want them around because they don't want that scene in their organization. Well, guess what? There's 50, 60, 100 vets just like me that aren't in the organization because they're not seeing that we're welcoming those vets in there, that we're here to help those veterans too. So this is why like I, I'm so passionate about CBD about the vague about Chris and Scott is because they came into my life when they did at a time I really truly needed them the products that they have ha have changed my life I mean just getting off the pills 9480 pills a year is amazing but being able to take something that's truly helping my mental health that's truly helping my PTSD that's truly helping chronic pain that I've been dealing with for 
almost 20 years. Next year will be 20 years of chronic pain. Um, it And it just wears on you after a while. And finding something that helps this dramatically and, and this well is just so amazing. And then putting that together with a service dog and with different therapies that I'm going through, it, I mean, I tried therapy before I was using CBD. Um, I was asked to leave several different classes. I was kicked out of a few. I threatened to flip one of my psychiatrist's desk over because not even talking to me. I'm in her office for 15 minutes, and she's just reading my chart on the computer, and she just turns around, and she's like, I know what's wrong with you. Well, please do tell. Is it, I mean, like, seriously, what what's wrong with me? And she's like, you drink too much caffeine. Wait, hold the fuck up. <laughs> First of all, you know nothing really about me other than what you read. And um, I'll be honest, I have ADHD too. So, I mean, attention deficit disorder with hyperactivity. Caffeine does not affect me the same way it affects other people. I can drink two energy drinks and three cups of coffee and lay down and go to sleep for five hours. Caffeine kind of balances me out, mellows me out, helps me relax, stuff like that. It doesn't make me bounce off the walls like it would somebody else. Now, I'm not saying everybody with ADHD or PTSD or mental health acts and their brain works the same way I do and chemicals and their body works the same way that they do in mine. I, I know that doesn't happen. But what I'm saying is you can't sit here and tell me that, oh, you drink too much caffeine. That's why you have PTSD. That's fucking bullshit. And so, yeah, I, I threatened to um, flip her desk over, and then she never wanted to see me again. It's a whole big thing. But once I started using CBD and I got off all these other meds that I was on, my mindset also changed too. Like, I was more acceptable for help. I was uh, more um, more acceptable to listen to what um, – therapists were, were saying and and it's not I mean I also my therapist now he's an amazing guy I call him the hippie wizard um he, he just like the first thing he did is come out and said you have PTSD you're always gonna have PTSD I'm not gonna solve it I'm not gonna fix it it can't be fixed and he goes into like explaining why which is awesome and just how he looks at things and how he talks to you and he, is what I need. That's the type of therapist I need. But, like I said, with the CBD and stuff like that, it it's so much better being able to go to therapy after taking a gummy and, and being able to relax and my anxiety is not there. I, I am able to open up a little more and, and talk more about my feelings than I have ever been in, in the past. And that's... Um, that's really, really helping me. And I think it is a lot to do with the CBD. And I know y'all might be hearing clicking. My headphones keep hitting my mic, and I've tried to just adjust that. But um, So I've been talking for about 23 minutes now, and um, 
like I said, I've been working on this. I, one thing they don't tell you when you're reading all this stuff about the do's and don'ts of podcasting and things like that. It, one thing they, I don't remember reading. I could have skipped over it or something. But one thing they didn't say is make sure your laptop is fully charged and plugged in. If not, it's going to die when you're at the end of a uh, recording an episode that you're 40 minutes into and you lose everything. So, yeah, and then it was just issue after issue trying to get mics working and headphones working and everything else. But I think we got there. Hopefully um, this, this turns out good. But I also told everybody that we were going to talk about the um, some like haunted places here in, in Texas. So the first one I want to talk about before we wrap this up, and I want to do this real quick, is the White Sanitarium of Central Texas. So um, the White Sanitarium was opened in 1926 by Frank S. White. He was form the formal... If I can't even talk now, he was a former superintendent at the Austin State Hospital, which is also said to be haunted. And we'll probably get into that later. But so he he kind of designed the white uh, sanatorium as a more open facility where patients could kind of walk around. There was like a, a common areas. They had a, a card table where they played cards and stuff like that. There were. I mean, you're talking about 1926, so 20s and 30s. I mean, patients and and people smoked in the hospitals and and thing like and things like that. So, um, I think it was. Uh, and and it stayed open until like the 1950s. I I think is kind of what I'm reading here, but, um. In 2008, several paranormal investigators, along with the local journalism, entered the building, and they were looking for hard evidence of all the different things that they they were being told. So the the main thing is is let me find it on there's a so insane asylums. I'm reading this, and, and I'll try to get the link. This is from Austin Ghost. Dot com, But insane asylums are known to be haunted, and the white sanitarium has an especially high concentration of ghosts and paranormal phenomenon. Most of the town of Wichita Falls, where it's located, is familiar with the old insane asylum, which they call it in Wichita Falls, and just about everyone has heard the stories. Many have seen the ghost of a woman dressed in all white roaming the halls, she also often appears at the windows, and drivers and passerbys claim to have seen her on multiple occasions. The apparitions of various patients are also common. Witnesses say they have a clear mental Ill illness, or they have a clearly mental ill and deranged appearance, and are easily identified as patients as they're always wearing a hospital gown. So I've read other stuff about this. And they're kind of, they're not sure, they can't find proof that they were wearing hospital gowns during this time. So they don't know if that part's true or not. Um, so back to this article, they say quite a few patients died at the White Sanitarium due to the experimental procedures, notably the lobotomies and the electroshock therapy. 
These apparitions could very well be the ghost of the dead subjects, which it's true. I mean, I believe in ghosts. I, if you don't, you haven't been to places I have, and I'll get into that in some episodes too. But the sanitarium allegedly allows patients to smoke inside, as we kind of talked about, and many, uh, as many places did at the time. Witnesses say they have seen the glowing end of cigarette butts floating in the air. These ghost cigarettes are most commonly seen around the card table, accompanied by shadows of strange men. The card games were popular among the patients, so the ghosts of the patients are probably just enjoying themselves in the afterlife as they did while living in the asylum. So the building hasn't uh, had running water or electricity for over 50 years, yet there's been people driving by and passerbys that have seen lights on in the building as if it was operational, and others who have entered have heard running water flowing through the basement pipes. So, in 2008, a group of paranormal investigators, we kind of talked about this briefly, I think, along with a local TV reporter, decided to dive into the mysterious, uh, the mysterious of the White Sanitarium, armed with audio recorders, EMFs, a TV camera, and multiple smaller cameras. The crew went uh, to see for themselves the terrors that lie in the old insane asylum. See, they, I think they try to make things worse with words like terror and stuff like that. They went to find evidence to, to see if there was true paranormal activity or if things could be debunked and, and blamed on other stuff. Um, within minutes of entering, the entire team's electronics went down, which they say is a um, sign of ghosts pulling energy from batteries and, and electronic equipment. Uh, the... The recorders, um, the EVP recorded the most activity in the living room and libraries. So it's just a recorder. So EVP is a uh, electronic voice phenomenon. So it's like voices that you can't hear, supposedly like spirits are talking, but you can't hear it with your ears, but the recorders pick it up. Uh, this is most likely where the patients spent most of their time. The cameras and audio recorders also went down, recording mostly static in these areas and the crew felt cold spots and strong gusts of air in the library especially the crew had strong emf reading so um emf uh, uh um electromagnetic field readings despite there not being any children present the, okay yeah despite there not being any children Present, the crew heard childlike voices which were picked up on the audio recorders along with conversations from unknown adults and old bicycle horn was heard chiming in the library the investigative crew also felt a strong feeling of being watched and a general sense of heaviness and uneasiness while in the building so I don't know if they do ghost tours or allow it to happen at the white sanitarium if if they did, it'd be awesome. But so that's Wichita Falls. Um, there's other places that we're going to jump into in another episode. But if you know of a place that is haunted here in Texas, I know there's several in Austin. We're going to talk about a cemetery here in Austin, probably in this next episode. 
but I know there's several places. Let me know in or if you've had any weird experiences, I can tell you. I'll I'll, I'll share some of mine from um the last house we lived in. Uh, things growling at you. Um, hearing like bottles tinking together. Being locked out when you walk outside to go smoke. Just different things, and, and I'll, I'll kind of get into that. Also, if y'all remember that special episode I did about shadow work, um, it's not right here in front of me. But I said I'd kind of talk about uh, the question. So I think that number one question was, uh, as a child, what did I need most? And, and I think it was love and affection. Um, I, and, and just feeling needed, I, I guess, or wanted. So th that's kind of big for me. As a child, I, I needed love, affection, and, and the feeling of wanted, uh, being wanted. Um, and, and I've learned that as an adult, that like my love language is physical touch, not my wife so much. So we'll got to work through that one a little bit, but, um, like the physical touch, the, uh, not neediness, but just being needed and feeling wanted. And if I don't feel that way, yeah, I do get upset. And, and it is stuff I work through and work through with therapy and stuff like that. But I've also learned to talk to my wife and kind of let her know, hey, this is what I'm feeling right now. It's not you. It's because of when I was a kid. But can you just kind of give me like some make me feel like needed or wanted or something, you know, and, and I don't do it that way. Maybe I should. Maybe I just flat out tell you, hey, this is what I need right now because when I was a kid, I didn't get it and I'm fucked up. OK, so hug me. Right. <laughs> but um, th that's kind of of my thing and and i've kind of seen that not getting that or feeling like i had enough of that when i was a kid has kind of affected who i am as an adult um like i can detach real easy from, from situations and people but i've also learned with like adhd like it, it truly there there is a truly out of sight out of mind thing so like family that's not right here like my dad only lives a few miles away and I can go days and weeks without talking to him. And it's not because I don't love him and I don't care about him, but it's just out of sight, out of mind. And that's an ADH thing. Um, it's also kind of combined into this where it's like, okay, Hey, you're not reaching out to me. I don't feel the need to reach out to you. We're good, whatever. Right. So the, there's kind of, that's my, what I needed as a child that I don't think I got um, answer and question. So real quick, before we close, uh, in this, um, episode, I want to talk about my three things. One, mental health, fucking get help. I'm dead serious with this. Find somebody to talk to, um, try CBD, uh, try Delta 8, Delta 9. It helps so much with depression, anxiety it, in it. And it truly does. I can testify to it. It, actually like we talked about before it makes you feel better because it activates the serotonin receptors in your body which is that feel good molecule so take care of your mental health you take care of your mental health your overall health will, your overall health will greatly improve um i started like you know i started my llc i'm getting all sorts of fucking mail about this um where, where it's kind of funny and it's just things that you'd never 
think you would need as a business and you don't really necessarily need it, but just people or businesses find out that you have a business and they are just reaching out to you left and right. So if you're going to start an LLC or a business, be be prepared for that. Um, and number three, what is number three? So, hey, yeah, I'll make sure my laptop and everything's charged so we don't have to play this game again and I can get these uh, recorded and, and stuff. Um, and even though this was kind of a, a touchy um, subject and, and personal and, and a lot of feelings, I really enjoyed this episode. Uh, the show notes are going to probably be shitty because I don't have any. I'm just talking, honestly, so... I don't have any show notes. Um, I'll, I'll try to put something up or get something out. I, I use the Crisp app um, to help with background noise and things like that. So there's a transcription thing there. So maybe I'll just pull that down and throw it out there and see what it does. And, and we'll go from there. So as we close this out, do me a favor. Um talked about the vega but go check them out their uh website again is devegacbd.com you can get a myriad of cbd products delta 8 delta 9s from concentrates um edibles my favorites the gummies they are getting new stuff go check them out seriously devegacbd.com go check it out I am so excited for, for these guys, and I hope they blow blow up so big. Um, it, it's just cool, like, people that you like, seeing them do well, and and I'm cheering for them. So go check them out. Also, do me a favor. Uh, if you think this episode or this podcast, the 9K Experience, could help a friend or family member, please share this with them. Please share the podcast. Um, like, like follow whatever i mean we're on apple podcast we're on spotify you kind of name it out there podbean i've got um the the website and stuff will i will have that in the show notes um that i've got to still make and and create but so i enjoyed talking to you i enjoyed sharing my story a little bit more of my story and my background cannot wait until we talk again next time thank you for listening to the 9k experience podcast i've been your host john jowers talk to you next week